Welcome to the Team Egos Podcast, the show where we talk life while enjoying tea. Today, I talked with Andrew Brown, one of the co-founders of Strong Mind Apparel. Strong Mind is a clothing brand aimed at transforming the stigma surrounding mental illness by promoting mental management and developing mental hygiene practices. Andrew and I discuss tea in depth, as well as gardening, healthy daily habits, and the future of mental health. Check out Strong Mind Apparel on Instagram and Facebook, as well as strongmindapparel.com, and enjoy the show. Andrew, welcome to the show, dude. How are you doing, man? Thank you so much for having me, man. Super glad to be here. Yes, I'm so excited. It's been so long since we've uh, really got a chance to catch up and... Yeah, shit. I'm just excited. It's been years and you've been doing some amazing stuff and I'm excited yeah. to, to talk about it. But yes, Thank you. I was happy when you reached out, man. It was good to hear from you. And everybody just goes crazy in different directions after uh, school, dude. So when you when you reached out, I was like, hell yeah, let's fucking do it. Let's do it. Amen. So as I do like to start all my podcasts, we of course are sharing a cup of tea today. So Andrew, want to share with everyone um, what you are drinking here today? Yeah, so uh, late morning on a Friday, I was feeling like a little bit of green tea. Um, and the green tea that I've got right now is actually a loose leaf green tea and rose petal blend. And I think there's, there's also a little bit of fruit bits in there too for some extra flavor. So amazing. It's amazing. Right. Yeah. Is it what kind of green tea is it? Do you know? Is it like a jasmine? Is it just a standard Sencha? Or? Blended. And I think it's Sencha. I think the packaging when I, uh, when I first opened it, opened it that is actually thrown away now was Sencha. Okay. Yeah. Very cool. Yeah. Very cool. Yeah. It's Sencha is like such a, it's just a staple tea for those who don't know much Mm -hmm. about Sencha. It's just like the most common Japanese green tea out there. So it's a, it's a nice tea to blend with, to kind of enhance the flavor with, like you said, the rose petal and the fruit. Well, and I, I, there's all kinds of green tea that I like, and there's white tea that I really like too, but it's nice to just Mm. have a really good stockpile of something that is like a daily drinker. Um, yeah. and when you dip into the special stuff, you know, you're depleting that reserve, but some of this, you know, you don't have to feel as guilty drinking a lot of it. <laughs> yeah, dude. I know. Amen to that. I, green tea is my go-to just, it's, it, it honestly picks me up throughout the day. Like it's been, it's been, it's what started me on my tea journey and it's just always my go-to, my fallback. If I don't know what else to drink for that day. It's going to be some form of green tea. Yeah, absolutely. And to add to that, I think when I drink energy drinks or anything else for the purpose of caffeinating, I feel so much more dehydrated. And Mm -hmm. if I drink a ton of green tea, I get that energy, but I feel like I hydrated. Um, And I don't know, you know, there's there's probably some truth to that, just more volume of water. But yeah, no, I mean, there's definite truth to the hydration. That's, I mean, there's caffeine in green tea, so it doesn't. There's some fun equations out there that actually show you how much tea or how much caffeinate of a caffeinated beverage you should drink to actually get the true hydration yeah. um, because you kind of like have to divide it by a, like a number and um, some, scientific. <laughs> yeah, some, some smarter people, they, they've taken that time and I, I appreciate yeah. them, <laughs> but, but not me. Um, well, cool. So I want to hear, we, you were kind of alluding to it before the show. Um I want to hear about your, your tea journey so far. You've, you sound, I mean, you know what Sencha is, you know, a little bit about tea. So clearly you have a little bit of tea experience. Like let's, you want to start me off with the, what's your tea journey like? Yeah. So, um, 
first got introduced to like the idea of tea as a uh, as more than just you know English breakfast tea at a hotel, right? In a tea bag mm-hmm. from my brother. Uh, my my younger brother is two years younger than me. Came home, um, gosh, we had to be like sophomores in college, and he was a freshman. And he came home from Christmas break with a really fancy bag of loose leaf tea that I think his girlfriend had gifted him, and a tea steeper from Tavana. Yeah. Uh, all of this was, uh, you know, it's kind of funny to me. I was like, what are you doing? And I'm watching him put the loose leaf tea in there. And he's, oh, you got to, this one, you got to steep for three minutes. And this oolong tea, you know, it needs to steep for longer or whatever. And uh, really, uh, Vince, it was the ritual that just got me first. I was like, this is really cool how you're, it's this very artisan little reserve of leaves that are special. It's it's just clearly a higher quality uh, um you know, ingredient than something from a standard tea bag at the grocery store. And it's kind of, it was, it looked fun. He's scooping it out. He's putting it in there. You're watching this tea start to blend with the water as it floats around in suspension in this uh, steeper. And then he made me a glass out of a, uh, or a cup, I should say, out of a, um, served it in a mug that he had made because he likes, oh. he likes pottery. Nice. And I was like, man, this is so cool. We're drinking this special tea out of this, uh, you know, hand fired, hand uh, thrown mug. And uh, I fell in love with it. I just thought it was such a, the ritual in itself was calming. And the experience was really kind of um, almost therapeutic. And then we kind of had a fun little conversation. And I love uh, supplements and stuff, or at least in high school, I used to, I used to think, it was so cool to have a protein powder after your workout or, or, or maybe like a pre-workout before. And so then I started thinking, man, tea, you could really benefit like the benefits of tea in your daily routine are kind of like a supplement, maybe better. Cause it's a, cause it's a, it's a wholesome thing, you know? And uh, that was kind of the beginning for me. And after that, I started Googling like rare tea and special tea and where to get things like that. And what, what, yeah. What can teas do? What's the, yep. what's the highest antioxidant potency tea out there? And <laughs> yes. um, there was a there was a store in Des Moines um, called Gong Fu, and it's still around. And I would go in there and just ask them a million questions and leave with all kinds of cool things and learned about white tea versus green tea, which we were talking about before the podcast. And uh, and 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 that's really kind of how it started, man. <clears throat> yeah, that's incredible. So. I mean, there's so many things there that I would love to dive deeper into because, I mean, just the start of it, like the, like you said, you, the ritual behind making a cup of tea and sharing that cup of tea, that's kind of what I try to do. I mean, right now, obviously we're virtual. Mm-hmm. That's kind of like what I try to do because one of my favorite things to do is to, when I have a guest, I like making them a cup of tea. I like, and like, it kind of sets the mood and whatever tea you choose kind of sets a mood for like what the conversation might be. And you make it, you get to pour it for that person. I mean, even you choose a nice cup, like that's like a, means something special to you. You choose it for them. Mm -hmm. And it, it just, it's like an icebreaker in itself. Like there's like no words that need to be spoken. You just know there's like a piece to it Mm -hmm. and it's so calming and so relaxing and, yeah, because I it's mean, relaxing. And <clears throat> to add to that, I think um, every time I'm drinking tea and kind of I feel like I'm paying homage to all the people that have been drinking tea for so long. I'm always reminded like this is something people have been doing for quite literally millennia. Yeah. Um, and, and, and that plays into it for me, the like the the coolness, if you will. Of- <laughs> yes. Oh, yeah. Yeah. It's just you can you can almost like 
taste the history and, yep. and, and you and you think on it and you can meditate on it and it can be a, a full experience where, where again i i've talked to like a lot about like coffee on this show like with other people and comparing it where i think coffee has become just such like a, a grab and go type drink where tea for me is actually a, a slow down type drink it reminds me to slow down, enjoy the tea, enjoy the different flavors, the complexity of it. I mean, you were talking about the totally. unfurl. You get to watch it unfurl. You get to watch the leaves dance. I mean, it's that's sometimes the most beautiful part. It, that totally is. And coffee, there's a lot of similarities. And, and people definitely talk to me about how they love the ritual of, of the coffee and, and a lot of those similarities. But one yeah. thing I think is kind of a, a big divider is that people are – they're expecting something from coffee, and it's really a means to an end. Uh, even if the ritual is is uh, is intact with the coffee making, blending the beans, and all of that, yeah, they need something from that coffee, and it's energy. It's a pick me up, and and sure, tea can give you that too. But I think a vast mm-hmm. majority of people that drink tea, it's very intrinsic value. They're just drinking tea to drink tea because it's amazing. They're not drinking tea because they need to get energized or they need their cup of tea. You know, maybe some people feel that way. But <laughs> I was like, I might be <laughs> at this point, I might be addicted. <laughs> like, you know, like it's amazing. It's amazing in its own right. Not just because of uh, some type of uh, pick me up or if you will. Yeah, no, it, it's, you're so right. It's I've honest, I've taken breaks from tea just to, kind of see how like my body is just because there's caffeine and I'm like, okay, maybe I should, I just like, like you mentioned, you just kind of like listen to your body and just like, all right, I think I'm going to take a break. And like, whereas like when people who are consistently drinking coffee and they take a break, it's usually like a withdrawal syndrome. You get headaches. Like people, I've never experienced anything like that with tea. And I drink tea. I drink multiple pots of tea a day. Like it's, (laughs) it does get bad. Like I said, it gets bad. What was that? Is it cold where you're at right now? Oh, yeah. It's freezing. I'm in Minneapolis. <laughs> you're in Minneapolis. Okay. Even colder than where I'm at. Yeah. So I mean, yeah. When, when the air's dry, that's in a whole other thing. Like in Iowa City in college, me and my roommates, I was the one guy with the Keurig. And so it didn't even matter if I didn't have morning class. They would just come in my room while I was sleeping and <laughs> make hot water to make tea. And I kind of got them on all the Tevana stuff and the Gong Fu. Yeah. Of loose leaf, and that was like our winter thing get you going, uh, clear out your sinuses with all the hot water and stuff like that. So, oh, yeah, yeah, dude, it's the perfect winter drink. I mean, for me, it's perfect summer drink. There's there's never a bad time, but uh, but and also, I want to say shout out to Gung Fu because I recently have uh experience. I went to Gung Fu hmm, back in December, I want to say early December, late November, something like that. That place is incredible, dude. Like they are so knowledgeable. It's like such a fun type of experience where you just go in there, you get a chance to like they you can sit down like and they have like kind of like an authentic like place to just sit down. There's a nice like waterfall in the background like that you can listen to. These are all displayed on the wall, very beautiful. Yeah. So you can yeah. you can just sift through teas from your table just, you know, looking at them and uh, you know, it's not hard to find all those teas online. Like people can go online and get these teas. And I think the reason Gong Fu is so incredible is because the people that work there, they want you to get into tea. They want you fun, interesting things about it. If you don't know what you want, they'll ask you what you like and make a recommendation. And that type of uh, consultative, uh, you know, experience there, it makes you feel like you belong. So you want to go back. And that's the coolest part about that place, I think. 
I, I agree. Yeah. Cause I, when I went, I've only been there once so far, but I, I keep my girlfriend, she keeps giving me tea cause she's from Des Moines actually. Okay, um, so she keeps getting me tea from there. And, but when I was in there, like you said, I was just able to, to chat it up and like, I, they have a sticky rice puer. I don't know if you've ever. Oh, okay. That. Okay. Yeah. I had it, but I, that's cool. They have that. Dude, it, they, I was talking to them about it because it's like crack. It's so delicious. It's one of the best teas I've ever had. I'm not not lying. I saw you posted about it on your Instagram. So I wouldn't have known about it had I not seen that. I, I've yes. never run across that one yet. Yeah, I made a little video on, on TikTok and posted about it on my Instagram. But it's it's so good. And like, yeah, I was just talking to her and she's like, yeah. She's like, I tried it. Like, She tried it somewhere. I don't even know if it may, maybe in Asia. And she's like, we came back, like it was me and her, her and another colleague. They're like, they tried it and they came back and they're like, we need this here. Like really? this is, yeah, they're like, we're getting this here. So they talked with their manager. They're like, we're going to source this. Like, I don't care how we do it, but we're going to source it. And so I've been drinking um, uh, or had lately any silver needle. That was one of my favorite teas. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. That's such a, I mean, yeah, you're talking about the white, that's a white tea um, for those who don't know. Um, and that's really been good. I've been, uh, I haven't really dove deep into it. I've been, I had it the other day and it's so light and so refreshing. It's like so it's light. It's, it's, oh, some, it's not for some people. It's so light, but I, yeah. 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 Cause and it's, it's just amazing. Like how, so tea, the, like you get green tea, white tea, black tea, oolong, they're all the same leaf and they're all the same plant. Like granted they're grown in different places throughout Asia, but they, the processing just makes it so different. Like a white tea compared to like an Irish breakfast black tea or like a, an Assam, just so different, so different. And like, like you said, I mean, some, one are light, some are light, some are like such bold flavors and like really just warm your body. Mm-hmm. It, that see, like I said, that's, I can talk for days about yeah, dude, that silver needle, man. I have a, I'm in a habit of kind of oversteeping it just because it is so light and I can kind of, I want as much of the antioxidants to be like leached out into the water. <laughs> yeah. Even maybe that's not how it even works. If it, the longer it steeps, the, but I think it is. So I, I love doing that. And, um, and I've also noticed like, so I do a lot of gardening and I have a little, like a little, um, sunroom in my basement where I grow a lot of herbs and I've noticed so quickly the little like if you have a rosemary or even a mint or thyme if you will there's Mm -hmm. tiny little leaves and they have the most delicate nuanced flavors but if the branch get very mature and the bark starts to build up on the branch and the leaves get bigger and they're very robust and very dark and they taste great but way different and then i always you know liken that back to tea and i kind of imagine whoever's cultivating the tea and picking it the white tea are like barely little you know uh supple leaves and then kind of as the leaf matures more you get those bolder flavors that is how it works right yeah so teas when you see something that's uh like called a first flush with a tea Mm -hmm. that is typically the first picked of the season so tea uh, the tea plant grows um, it, it starts to bud and blossom in the springtime. Mm-hmm. So you'll get, so basically your highest quality tea should always be picked in the springtime. Like you, like you just said, it's the young leaves. It's the, it's the most flavorful, powerful, like just uh, powerful might be a bad word because it's, 
yeah, it's just the most flavorful, the most like sweet. You'll get some very sweet teas out of it. And when I say sweet, it's like a very different than like an, a sugar type sweet. It's yeah, yeah. It's a subtle, like it's it's hard to explain. Peony, like how peony tea is sweet, kind of. Maybe. Yes. Yeah, yeah. Exactly. And so the the highest quality tea is always that first flush. And then you typically get three flushes, which is like spring, summer, fall. That's kind of how it just it falls out. So the first flush is that springtime second flush is during the summer when the you have like a i guess a teenager you would say of a yeah, leaf and then, and then you get the adult leaf in the fall yeah and each of those so each of those the quality goes down kind of like you'll the cheaper teas are more likely the the last flush the adult type leaves and that's kind of you'll see like a something called bancha which is a type of green tea um it's usually a lower quality. Sencha, you can get um, a, from one from all different types of, uh, and again, it just kind of depends on what you're looking for. Because in my opinion, they're all delicious. Yeah. It just depends on what you're looking to get. Yeah, totally. Totally. I uh, I want to grow some tea. It'd be cool to Dude. grow some tea. Have you tried yeah. No, I. so yeah, you just said that you were or your gardening, which is incredible. So I just moved into a new place that has like the, the previous owners, they have a, a, a above bed. Is that what, how it's called? Yeah. <laughs> above bed ground or above ground garden or whatever. Well, a raised, it's a raised, raised bed, raised bed. Thank <laughs> you. I'm like, what am I saying? Um, a raised bed garden. And I mean, again, in Minnesota, am I going to be able to grow tea? No, I don't yeah. think, I don't think so. I think, but, inside maybe um yeah so i'm i'm very much open to that and i'd love to try that i mean my my basement would be like a perfect place if i got like the right lighting in in there because so what are you growing what kind of herbs so um man i'm very much into gardening uh yeah maybe one of my main hobbies outside of uh outside of work and things like that so i just i like you moved into a new place recently i'm renting and I, we're on this rental tour and I'm like, okay, this place is pretty cool. It's not too dumpy. I think we're going to be able to make it work. We go to the basement and the south side of the basement is all windows, a huge wooden bench and all kinds of stuff like this guy literally gardened. And it was like, a, it's like a green room, dude. It was so cool. Amazing. And I was like, at that point, I'm like, okay, this is, we have to get this place. Yeah. So we moved in last spring and I gardened a lot outside. But what I got right now indoors is I love trying to grow things that don't traditionally grow in the area, which where I'm from, Iowa, we're, we're about 4A, 4B for all the uh, gardeners out there, 4A, 4B zone. And um, I'm growing Meyer lemons. I'm growing key limes. I have a pretty darn big key lime tree. And I'm growing um, at the end of the season when the tomatoes were about to die, I cut off parts of the tomato plant. Um, they're called suckers. And it's when the tomato stem and the and branch, there's one that comes off in the middle and it, it yes. creates a diagonal angle. Those have uh, the cells in their in their base of their shoot to grow roots um, way easier than any other trimming. So that's the perfect place to cut when you want to propagate them. So I cut off every single different species of tomato I had. Some are purple, some are like Sicilian for sauces and things like that. Some are yellow, which are great in salads. And I, and I put them in cups of water and they sprouted uh, roots. And now I'm growing these tomatoes in the basement. Oh my uh, gosh. And I also have a goji berry plant. I have a pitcher plant that I got at a gar- garden store and they were like, you're not gonna be able to keep this alive. You know, it needs to feel like, it needs to feel like it's in Hawaii. It's from Hawaii. So yeah. I 
So I missed the hell out of it, and I got the humidity uh, up in there. And and I'm trying to think what else I got. I had peppers for a long time, but those are really hard to keep going after they fruit. They're really an annual plant. Yeah. And then not to get too long-winded, but I also have um, a lot of herbs. So I have a couple different kinds of mint. I love rosemary. love to cook with rosemary whenever I can. Thyme, Mm. oregano, uh, lavender, cilantro, which when cilantro bolts, the seeds are coriander seeds. Some people Mm -hmm. don't know that but it's kind of a two-in-one plant which is really fun for me and uh all kinds of stuff dude chives now that it's february we know that by the end of may we're going to be planting um so i'm getting ready to start planting seeds like i have some some my dog my dog <laughs> the dog yeah, he's a big <laughs> hold on one second it's all good thank you for uh <laughs> joining the conversation yeah, that's Ivan who just wanted to get in on the fuck. Yeah, you know, welcome, Ivan. That's yeah. a- <laughs> he uh, here. I'll show you. I'll show you him now. Even though not everybody. But- oh my dude, that is a huge dog. He's got a <laughs> 175 pound dog. So what was that? Sorry, you cut out. He's about 175 pounds, so he's a big dog. Oh my gosh! Yeah, it's uh, just based on the the bark. Um, literally sounded like the beast from the Sandlot. <laughs> yeah, dude. Yeah, dude. But but so I definitely want to try growing tea. I, I haven't ever grown chamomile or anything like that. I've seen even jasmine uh, at, yeah. at uh, certain greenhouses and things like that. And then lastly, not to get too off topic, but I do have a chicken. What? <laughs> Amazing. Dude. I have We're, a... Yeah. It's an, Americana, it's an Americana hen. Her name's Henrietta. And uh, yeah, it's been a blast. Oh my gosh, that that is incredible! You're kind of doing what I envision myself doing soon, and like what I want to do. So, okay, hold on. Before we get off this chicken topic, where is the chicken in the basement too? So the chicken is in a chicken coop that I got online at Tractor Supply, um, and it's and it's just outside. And um, and basically i'm i'm kind of i hope this doesn't get back to anybody in iowa city uh, city council because in iowa city you're technically supposed to have your neighbors sign a form like you have to have, have a permit basically to have a chicken um which go figure iowa city you know what i mean it's kind of ridiculous but i can't imagine yeah. how if you didn't have rules in place in a college town you might have some crazy kids with too many chickens or something so <laughs> So you're supposed to have both your adjacent neighbors sign off that it's okay. And the cops are supposed to come and like approve the area that it's like humane for animals and stuff. And I never knew that, bro. I just got the coup. You just got a chicken. (laughs) Forget it. Like ask for forgiveness. Don't ask for permission. And nobody is like my neighbors think it's awesome. Yeah. Who's going to, who's going to really care about a chicken? They're literally doing nothing no. to disturb the peace or anything. Well, I mean, a rooster maybe. But. Roosters. Yeah. Roosters. I like, I wouldn't even try it cause you'll definitely annoy everybody and get in trouble. Yeah. But, uh, oh, I was, uh, I forget what I was saying cause Ivan was barking, but, uh, they, Oh, this is what I'm going to say. I got this chicken during COVID during the peak of the COVID pandemic. And I think that it was the last thing on anyone's mind, what some goofy neighbors doing with the chicken, you know? Right. So I flew under the radar. That's incredible. Honestly, you're, this alone is inspiring me. I'm, I might, after, after we get off this show, I might go look into what, what it takes to get a chicken because I have a backyard it's fenced in. And honestly, like right behind me that you can see, there's like a little side yard. It would be a perfect place for a little coop or something. Bro, if and, you're a fenced-in yard, I can. I got the plug on a goat. I can get you a, a goat. goat? <laughs> <laughs> Yo, if my 
if my girlfriend here listens to this podcast, she's going to be finding you and she's going to be requesting that you, she's been talking about me getting a goat for like the longest time. Okay. Well, bro, I'm not even kidding. Google, Google Nigerian dwarf goats. They are some of the cutest goats. And um, oh I, my God. I have a connect that has some pregnant ones right now. So there will yes. be babies in the spring. Oh, no way. Okay. I will. Maybe, maybe we'll have to talk about this. Little. Back to that, yeah. yeah, we'll have to get back to that after, after the show. But I am interested to dive a little deeper into what you're, so you, those herbs that you're growing are incredible. Like that's like, so literally I tried last year or during COVID, I was living um, for like three months with my parents mm-hmm. and they, me, my brother and my parents were all living in the same house. And so we decided to, to do a raised bed mm-hmm. um, in their backyard and one of my, I wanted to so bad grow an herb garden there because I wanted to start growing like herbs for uh, herbal teas. And so I tried so hard with um, lavender, chamomile, um, echinacea. Okay. Yeah. And I lemon, lemon balm or I think lemon balm and one other I can't. Oh, and yarrow. And okay. literally all of them failed. <laughs> they all died on me. And I was like, oh, man. Like, yeah. Um, did you, so where were they? If you don't mind me asking where they were inside, but where were they? What, what do you mean? Like, was this like, a raised bed during the summer and they all died? Yeah. So I start, so I started the seeds indoors at my parents' place, obviously. Mm-hmm. And then once they got, so the, the lavender, actually the, the lavender never sprouted it, it. For some reason, the seeds I got never sprouted. I'm going to retry this year, but um, yeah. And then, so they all sprouted except for the lavender. I grew the, or I potted them and let them grow to be a little bit more mature. And then I just put them, yeah, in the backyard, like actually out front. We we're the the entryway to the garden was going to be kind of like our herb garden. Yeah, and okay. and yeah, like I said, they. I think. Yeah. Oh, we we also tried calendula, and that one did take, and we got a few flowers out of it, but nothing. Really? nothing special well, you've grown you're you you the some of the herbs you listed i have not grown so i can't speak mm-hmm. to them but i also know that when you start stuff from seed it is an extra challenge it requires a little bit of extra care a little bit of extra patience some people have more advanced setups than than i do um and i wonder if that uh, is why their germination rate is has you know more success but yeah the other thing too that that I want to grow from seed anytime I can because it's just more gratifying. Um, but yeah. there's a little bit more pressure applied to me as the gardener because I learned a while back that, um, believe it or not, the first week, the first seven to 10 days of a seed sprouting, uh, the health or the, you know, the stress it undergoes or the health that it, that, the, the state of health that it's in strongly determines its fruit. So if mm-hmm. in the first week to 10 days of this, uh, this germinated plant's life, it is not in ideal conditions for the rest of its life. It's not going to be, um, let's say like as good as it could have been. Yeah. And I think that's kind of an interesting analogy. That's probably somewhat, uh, transferable to people. Right. Right. I was just about to say that I'm like, there's something there and that's actually, that might be a kind of a a nice little transition to everything that you, that you do with work, but Man, that's that's crazy. Like it makes sense because you see it in people too. Like the the ones who like on the extreme ends, like the ones who typically become like the serial killers. <laughs> the, 
<laughs> you see, we're the ones who had like a lot of trauma growing up. Yeah. Like, and, and then with people, like there's this extra layer too, I've found because some people like thrive on adversity, which would be the, the analogy mm-hmm. going back to plants of like a rose growing through a crack in the sidewalk, you know? Yeah. And, uh, and so you see that sometimes, or well, a lot of times with people and you don't see it as often in the plant world uh, for whatever reason. Um, but uh, I, I suppose, I suppose the plants that are most resilient that do that, we just come to consider them as weeds. <laughs> <laughs> right. Yeah. That, that concept too of weeds like is is bizarre because all a weed is is something that we've deemed an an infestation or undesirable plant but like dandelions which are a weed quote unquote are so full of nutrients and so like i love dandelion tea it's such a good tea yeah but it's yeah but we've kind of demonized and um, I, for the, it's good you bring up dandelion because for the first time last year, I ate some dandelion and I was yeah. almost ashamed at how hard it was to break through this mental barrier that it was like not food. And it was, it right. was weed. Like we go, we go way, my dad went way out of his way to kill these things my whole time growing up. Mm-hmm. So, and then I'm eating the leaves and I'm like, it's pretty good. It's got kind of like a peppery, buttery flavor to it or whatever, especially depending on how you dress it up. And uh, it was kind of funny. It was funny to, to do it for the first time. Now I'm excited to see how many we can uh, pick out of my yard this year. Right. Hey, but make sure um, that nothing's getting sprayed on them. Like that, that's a big thing. Even like neighbors or like, so, like if they're spraying, like I would like, and this is goes for everybody listening to like, don't just go pick some random dandelions and Great eat point. yeah, you want to make, please make sure you're like, you're not eating roundup because like, yeah, that's just, yeah. Like picking dandelions that are growing in just droves at the park. It looks like a low hanging fruit. Maybe not a good idea. Um, yeah. Side of the road, side of the highway outside of your neighborhood or whatever. Probably not a good idea. Um, I had a kind of a unique scenario where I don't have to share a backyard. And I was fairly certain that the stuff in my yard was good. My yard starts to look like a forest floor. Cause we don't do anything to it. And we have a yeah. lot of trees back there. Um, but yeah, dude, you do have to be careful. It's crazy. I also have to be careful sometimes, uh, as, good natured as my neighbors are they might come over with a bunch of vegetables that i know they've been spraying um seven on the whole time they've been growing them and you know no no uh no disrespect to anybody that does that to get the uh best crop they can but i just am not i'm not for that unless i unless i'm in a situation where i have to yeah yeah and i completely agree it's just it's it's especially on like a such a small scale like doing it for yourself Mm -hmm. i mean it's to me, it's not, I see the benefit of it on a large scale because even the plants that we grew at my parents' place, like we saw a little bit of infestation, a little bit, a little bit got eaten and like by bugs and stuff. So we're like, Oh, like it kind of like opened up our eyes. Like this makes sense, especially if our livelihood was dependent upon this. I can understand this a little bit better, but like we weren't going to spray it obviously. Like, cause it was so fun just to go back there and like pick a strawberry. Eat mm-hmm. it. Oh yeah, totally dude. Absolutely, man. So yeah, the herb thing has been really fun. Let's let's both this spring grow some herbs and uh, and try to make our own tea, man. I was looking earlier for this book that I have about tea, um, but I can't find it. Once I find the title after we are done talking, well, we should put it in the show notes because it's really it's a great book about growing your own tea. About grow? Okay, I was like, what's the topic? Yeah, so growing your own tea. That's dude. Like I said, that is kind of that would be an incredible dream because like literally, if you grow your own Camellia sinensis plant, like you're able to basically have on demand white and green tea. 
like the black teas are going to be harder because it requires some processing and some roasting and oxidation. And yeah, sure, it's not, yeah. it's not impossible, but it's just going to require a little bit more. And um, yeah, that would be about adding a, like to your ritual that you're picking the tea, you're drying I, the tea. I mean, come on. Oh my gosh, you're you're speaking my love language right now. Oh, <laughs> that's, uh, that's that's incredible. Because and so another thing before we jump off the tea topic. Yeah. You were talking about the antioxidants and and everything. What what do you know about like the antioxidants in tea and in that in that sense? Yeah, so um, pretty pretty surface level understanding. Whatever is just left over in my head from from school and things like that. But yeah. I I've always been attracted to teas that have the highest level of antioxidants because. I just, I think I really run myself ragged. I burn the candle at both ends, probably like a lot of people listening right now. And so I know that in my twenties, I can get away with a lot of that, but it's nice to have a little free radical boost um, or to, excuse me, to get rid of the free radical. Yeah, get rid of the free radical. So um, basically what I understand and correct me if I'm wrong is that antioxidants basically break up free radicals. And I think it has something to do with like where they bind to like an unstable molecule. Right. And then it can cause less damage in the cell. Is that close? Yeah. So you're, you're challenging me with my organic. <laughs> I'm sure that's what it is. Somebody feel I, free to correct me. I like, no. So I can picture what a free radical looks like. So around like a molecule or around like an element, you'll, you typically have electrons and you have like a certain number of electrons makes it a full, um, healthy, makes it stable, molecule, makes it stable. Yeah. Now free radical means you might be missing one or two electrons, making it unstable. And when you have that, it throws off the balance. And then when you start to build up multiples of those, that's when tumors start to grow. That's when right. stuff gets imbalanced in your body. That's like a very surface level of of it so it's like an almost an imbalance of like electrons in your body so what the um antioxidants do are they they add they kind of replace they can help replenish those those missing radicals or bind to some free radicals and help mm-hmm. dispose of them um yeah that's that's my understanding too i don't think you're far off we could both be off so <laughs> well, no, that's regardless we know it great and we know it attacks free radicals we know free radicals cause cancer. i think that's pretty well understood in science and uh so a point that i make to my dad all the time who loves to drink juice uh, i think that's just from growing up uh in like the kool-aid era or something yeah right he needs to be drinking grape juice or apple juice and he'll water it down and try and you know drink this big glass or whatever and he'll talk sometimes about how he's trying to get antioxidants and i'm like dad you know tea has so many antioxidants in it and none of that sugar yeah. Um, so that's something I always say to him, but uh, he he hasn't totally jumped on the tea bandwagon yet. So. I know it's it's funny. It's my dad too. That's the the marketing behind juice. They did a great job at marketing it to be a health a healthy supplement into your diet because it's literally it's just sugar. I mean it's it's not in my opinion not good for you. It's it's a good like every once in a while. I guess I shouldn't say not good for you. It's good in doses if you mm-hmm. enjoy yeah. it. Sure, sure. In moderation, uh, when drink, when drank for its health benefits, like every once in a while, we'll juice uh, like, but it's always vegetables too. So like, we'll juice yeah. apple, celery, you know, carrot juice, and maybe throw some ginger in there, make it a little spicy, and then I feel like that's a good mm. juice. But that's yeah. from, that's that's whole juice from our garden or our kitchen, and not a from yeah. great product. So yeah, exactly. And so, like I said, I think it's it's a great thing, and in my opinion, exactly like you're trying to 
talk to your dad about. It's like you can get everything from juice, if not more, mm-hmm. definitely more mm-hmm. from a tea or from another, I mean, tea. From literally like any kind of tea and, and the antioxidants in tea are just so, yeah, I think like you, you mentioned earlier, they're, they're understood. We understand kind of stand what they do in the body, how they interact. Um, now this is inspiring me to dive deeper maybe this afternoon. Right. Um, but yeah, there's just, and on top of it, there's just so many other amazing, amazing compounds in it, like EGCG, which is a, um, I, I don't know if you're familiar with that, but that's, that is like a polyphenol. Mm-hmm. That, I mean, you, you look into that, like the, the anti-cancer properties, the anti-inflammatory properties, the uh, mind boosting properties, like just the list goes on and on about yeah. EGCG. There's a guy that I uh, I like to listen to. He's a guest on a lot of different people's podcasts, uh, and his name is Stephen Gundry. And he wrote a book called The Plant Paradox, and um, it uh, he 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 talks about a whole wide variety of different uh, disciplines and diet and nutrition and stuff like that. But he is so big on polyphenols and as many of them as you can get into your body as possible um, for a number of reasons. He says that in his, he's, he's uh, had an entire career as a cardiovascular surgeon, does heart transplants and stuff, and says that it reduces greatly your risk of coronary artery disease. It can literally reverse atherosclerosis, which I hope I said that right, but um, those polyphenols, they will soften up your blood vessels and they will help re- uh, retain the elasticity of your circulatory system. Um, and so they're very, very good at protecting the inside of your body. And, and he, he also goes on a big aside about how they work with omegas in your brain. And I don't know enough to go into that, but yeah, the anything that has polyphenols in it, which tons of tea, tons of different plants and roots. He's always talking about roots and tubules, whether it's like a beet or a radish or a carrot, which I think yeah. is really interesting. And then tons of olive oil, man. He says, he says you should, you know, anytime that you can add some olive oil um, to your diet, you should do it because they're really high in polyphenols. And while I'm on a roll, I think grapeseed extract for some reason, somebody's very tall on that. Yeah. Um, yeah. He loves that too. Yeah. Yeah. So that's, that's interesting. What was his name again? His name is Stephen Gundry, and he's a really anybody who's listening should go check him out. He actually has a he has several fantastic interviews on a podcast called Lewis Howe's School of Greatness. Mm. And I don't know if you're familiar with that one, Vince, but uh, Stephen Gundry has a really cool story about being uh, a very scientifically minded, traditionally uh, like empiri- empirically scientifically minded surgeon who uh, would just take people's hearts out and replace them. And then he started finding commonalities in the way of life of these people. And uh, the, the, the story goes uh, loosely, the story goes that there was somebody that was going to have a double coronary bypass, you know, surgery. And um, he said, I can do this surgery for you and uh, you'll have a new heart. And you'll probably die in 15 years if you don't change your lifestyle. Or uh, we cannot do the surgery today because it was a pretty life-threatening surgery. You do everything that I say, and I'll heal you with the mm. diet, basically. And um, he he's become world famous for that. He's also partnered with a couple of scientists at the University of Iowa um, um, for uh, in nutritional work too, which is another way that I ran into him being an alumni. But. That's incredible. That's that's an amazing story and, and an amazing testament too. Because the I think kind of the the mindset of switching from seeing food as just 
even even taking it like food is just being tasty or food is just being fuel mm-hmm. it's like food is also medicine food like what you're putting into your body is what makes up your body right. and that's that's literally a testament to it it's it changes your chemistry it changes your gut microbiome which now that's like a buzzword but we it's know about that now that's right it, we know about it now and that's why it's becoming a buzzword because it's so important for the function of your mind the function of your body the function of just you as a human and taking on your day Dude, and, so you, yeah. you bring it up microbiome, you would love the Stephen Gundry interviews because he talks so much about how there's actually, <clears throat> I don't know how many more times, but a vast majority, there's, there's a vastly larger number of microbiome, like uh, microbacteria that are not human. Like this DNA that's in your body is not human DNA. It's literally not a part of you. They're bugs mm-hmm. that live inside you. And there's yeah. way more of them than there are even cells that make up your body. So like, in a way, you're, he says this, you're basically like a condominium for yeah. trillions and trillions of colonies of bacteria and uh, they live inside you and there's more of them than there are of you uh, in a lot of ways. And so he says that you don't eat for yourself. You mm-hmm. keep those things happy. And if those things are happy, they're going to keep you alive longer. It's a symbiotic relationship where if you eat like crap and they learn how to thrive off of this crap and they, as a, their byproduct is more things that aren't good for you, it will eventually, the host will die, which you are the host. And uh, that was completely mind blowing to me thinking about the fact that I'm eating to feed these organisms that in turn take care of my body. Um, And he goes into depth about how it affects digestion, how it affects autoimmune disorders, and how these microbiome can literally switch on and off genes, which is kind of the foundation of epigenetics, uh, which I'm not qualified to talk about. But yes, (laughs) yeah, very, very fascinating. Oh, no, it's so fascinating. Yeah, like you said, I mean, I don't know, I wouldn't consider myself qualified either to to dive too deep into the stuff. But it's from everything I understand and everything I know, it's just such a necessary conversation to be had and at least spark. I mean, if anything, we can spark an interest in someone who's never heard of this before to do their own research, to reach out to someone who is experienced in this field. I mean, I just had a guy on the show, um, shout out to ComCom drink or community kombucha, just had him on the show. It was about, he started a kombucha company because he realized this and he, and kombucha is actually a drink of full of these foreign bacteria that help boost your gut microbiome. And so it's all like, like you said, just whatever, what you're feeding to your body is, is gonna, I, what you said there with that kind of, for me, was a really cool shift in mindset is that you have more of these quote unquote, foreign type bacteria in your body than you do your human cells. So it's like almost you, yeah, you are just there for them rather than they're there for you. But at the same time, without you, they're dead. Like that, right. so like it, it is a perfect symbiotic relationship. And it, like you said, it affects mood. It affects your daily function. It affects how you like remember like your mind and how it works. It remembers or affects everything it also will really start to formulate the types of foods that you crave my understanding of it is that you know if you spend years cultivating a colony of bacteria in your gut that thrives on digesting let's say yeast from dough from bread pizza and from pasta uh, those microbiome when they get hungry are going to send 
through what we know now is a highly innervated network of nerves that are all connected to your brain that are in your gut. And that bacteria is going to release chemicals that stimulate those nerves to say, we want exactly what we want. We want pizza. We want pasta. We want grains. And I'm not somebody that has a, a problem with carbs at all or thinks carbs are bad, everything in moderation, even moderation, I would say. But that's something we should be aware of, that we are every day with everything we eat, we're cultivating this this uh, this whole entire uh, world of bacteria in there that are going to start to try to make decisions for you about what you eat. And so yeah, like going back to tea or kombucha is an incredible example of this, like those things are going to help us. Those things are. And, uh, you know, the other thing, too, with tea for me, like I'm really big about building momentum throughout the day. So like in the morning, uh, I, I like the idea of let's make our bed. Uh, you know, because it, we build momentum. When I was in high school, I used to tell my parents, you know why I don't make my bed? I don't make my bed for the same reason I don't t- tie my shoes after I take them off. Um, and I thought that was kind of a clever little comeback. But older I've gotten, I've come to realize it's a really nice thing to do to start your day. And tea goes right in with that. And it reminds me of a special K commercial I saw years ago. I love commercials. Uh, <laughs> I like to kind of analyze if I thought the commercial was good or not. But this person, yeah. they eat a special K bar and then they're so smitten that they've made a good decision that they decide they're going to make another good decision and another and they're on a fucking roll and then yep. goes by and they've done all these great things and it's like because they started their day off right with special k and i mm-hmm. said dude that's what that's what it's like drinking tea is like okay well i did this good thing for me i i already put something good in my body maybe i won't eat mcdonald's for lunch maybe i'll go on a roll and right. that happens to me all the time oh dude that's again you're speaking my language here it's that's that's life. That's literally life. It's you're you're presented with the option to wake up every day and make your bed or not make your bed. And then well, how do you go from there? And then literally it just goes on from there. And literally every day, every single decision you make every single day, all of a sudden, 30 years later, that's still your same action. So it's like you hope that you've been making the right decisions. You hope you've been working out daily or right. at least multiple times a week. You hope that you're making the right health or food choices because again 30 years later you're gonna see what you chose in your 20s because this is where our habits are being built and yeah i'm I'm with you on on the whole making the bed thing in high school Mm, never yeah i love that analogy actually vince i have to share on here that uh, one thing i remember about our time together at iowa that you told me which i thought was kind of crazy Mm-hmm. You said on the way home from an environmental science class that you, you rarely miss the sunrise. And that's one of your favorite things is to catch the sunrise. And mm. I was like, dude, I don't, I can count on one hand the amount of times this semester I've been up for the sunrise, but <laughs> I love the sunsets. And you were like, yeah, okay. Like sunrises are kind of better. I think, I think you kind of said that. And I, I did. It's, it lingered with me. Cause I was like, dude, am I fucking missing out? And I, it's probably not just that convo, but going into work or whatever, I've gotten into a habit of getting up earlier, going hand in hand with making the bed. And I catch the sunrise now, dude. And I sometimes think about that convo. Dude, thank you. <laughs> thank you. Because honestly, so that's, that is something and I'm not perfect about it. I do like, it's not like a, I wish it was more of like a daily routine, especially in the summertime when the sunrise in Minnesota is like 5 a.m. on the dot. It's like, okay. And sometimes it's a little bit much, but I, there is something to it. It's like, again, it's how do you start your day? I get to start and now like my, my windows of my bedroom, they feet, they face East. So I literally, I wake up, I open up my blinds and the first thing I see sometimes is the sun is the sunrise. And like, you just get to see it. And like, I just sit there and I look and I appreciate it. And I'm like, it's going to be a good day. 
And like, that's just like what I tell myself. I turn around, make my bed, and then like, boom, it's Hell just like yeah. off to off to the start or manifesting right off the bat. Exactly, exactly. And like, it's oh man, just the routines. I was literally today again. I was just thinking about it before the podcast. I was making my tea. I've just gotten in the routine of like, so I do my my routine in my bedroom. I come downstairs. I go to the sink, and I, I do have a bad habit of. I just pile the the dishes up for the day. And then the very first thing though, in the morning is I tackle the dishes. And so it's like, that's like my thing is I tackle the dishes and then I make my tea. I make my, I've, I've been really into bone broth lately. So I make my bone broth and then I start my day. And then it's like, then I, then the sporadicness of work jumps in and, and technical issues. (laughs) We could have a whole nother episode about bone broth. Love that stuff too. You do. Let's talk about it. What's what do you uh, do? You make your own, or I don't. But I have an aunt that started a company. Um, she 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 has some really good bone broth, and it's actually a recipe that's been passed down in her family for multiple generations. Believe it or yeah. not, and they boil the chicken bones down, old school style. It's some really robust, good stuff. It's all organic, uh, you know, free range, grass fed chickens, and it's called. Um, braised bones you guys should go check it mm-hmm. out if you're interested and you can get it on too yeah it's also in some high v's now too maybe not as far north as you but yeah um, but yeah so it's uh what i do is i'll make it almost like a like a little a hot mug of it with some Kerrygold butter and um mm. we throw in there like a couple little like herbal like you know salts the seasoning salts and stuff and mm-hmm. it's really nice if you don't need coffee in the morning like if you if you don't need that i think it's that's what that's the way to go it's it really it's a really nice start to the morning. It's people hear bone broth and like, but I do sip on it like a tea, like a or like a coffee, and it's it really is a great way to start my morning. I've been adding um, my herbs. So the ones that I have, it has um, just some spices like salt, pepper, but it has chicory root in it as well. Okay, so it's got chicory root, and then I've been adding turmeric and ashwagandha to it oh, as well okay. for cool. my for my own like just for my own reasons. Yeah. And yeah, like you said, just the, the start to the morning, like I know that I'm, I'm a different person when I have, when I keep with that routine versus when I'm, when I'm not doing that. And it's, and it's another thing that has amazing antioxidant properties, anti, or, uh, and uh, I was going to say probiotic properties. Oh, yeah. It's, it's so good for your digestive health. And then on a really like basic level, there are so many minerals and like so new, many minerals, yeah. nutrients you don't normally get in food, especially processed food that are in there. So yeah. it's kind of like a super nutrient bomb. You know? <laughs> it's kind of the way I've come to understand it. I don't feel like it in the summer, but this time of year, I definitely do. Yeah. Yeah. It's a very warming beverage. And honestly, I started like religiously drinking it. After I had surgery in October on my knee, I tore, I tore a ligament. And so I had like a, a reconstructive surgery and I was like, okay, I was just kind of like listening to my body and like did a little bit of research. And I'm like, what do I probably need to rebuild uh-huh. a healthy, a healthy knee? And I was like more protein and collagen. And so I did, I'm, I've been doing beef bone broth and it's a lot of collagen in it. And like you said, all those minerals like zinc, which is great for right now too for a healthy immune system. People should look into zinc. Like it's a. I actually unfortunately had COVID back in the summer. Mm-hmm. I boosted my zinc intake, and I kicked it real quick. Really? Like, and I and I attri- I genuinely attribute it to the zinc that I was taking because like, 
Yeah, I, I, you must I don't know. I just on it, man. You could have had depleted uh, stores and you didn't even know it. Exactly. Exactly. I lost my sense of smell and taste, which outside of COVID, that when you lose your sense of smell and taste, that is a sign of zinc deficiency. Really? So yeah. Yeah. Cause like I said, I dove deep when I had it, I kind of got depressed and like, I was like, what's going on? Like, did I lose my sense of smell and taste for good? Or like, what, what is this? And so I like, I dove deep into some research papers and yeah, there's, there's a strong connection between smell and taste and zinc. And so that's when I boosted, I literally started eating like a crap ton of oysters, mm-hmm. crap ton of uh, red meat. Cause red meat has a lot of zinc mm-hmm. and, um, I took a zinc supplement and I was able to kick it real quick. Nice. I'm, I'm perfectly fine now. Mm-hmm. And so it's just kind of become a routine. And now I, and on top of this, bringing it back to tea, um, I recently heard on a podcast where a doctor, he was talking about, do you know anything about ionophores? Have you ever heard of that? No, I don't. So green tea, well, specifically in green tea. And I mentioned it earlier was EGCG, which I'm not going to try the full what EGCG stands for. Um, it's like Epigala something. Don't try it. Yeah, I'm not going to try it. Um, but it's it's a polyphenol, like I mentioned. And EGCG is considered to be an ionophore. And so what an ionophore is, is basically in your body, you have cells, obviously. And those cells have cell walls. And they don't let everything in and out. If they right. did, there would be a disaster. Um, so an ionophore actually helps transport the certain minerals and vitamins into the cell. So when if you're looking at zinc, for instance, zinc has a, a plus two ion or a plus two uh, charge on it. When you, when you, <laughs> what's up, Ivan? Uh, when, you, when you take in zinc, when you take in zinc, it has this plus two charge on it. Your cells aren't going to really naturally intake that just because the charge it it doesn't work with the cell wall it doesn't it doesn't like mesh and so the ionophore actually encapsulates and trans and allows the zinc to transport through the cell wall and so taking zinc with a green tea is actually a really good idea it's very complimentary and it's very complimentary. Exactly. Effect, it increases the absorption rate of, of the zinc. Yes. That exactly. is very cool. That's I know. That's very cool. cool. And so I, I would recommend, I mean, so this, this podcast I was listening to, I forget who the doctor was. I want to say Dr. Gordon Baker. I could be very wrong on that, but it was, it was a Joe Rogan podcast um, back in January. So if you look for, it was him and two or him and another guy, just look for a doctor or something and I can maybe yeah. send it to you. But any, and anyone listening, look at, look at that. And yeah, he, I mean, it's again, this is just all encapsulating of how important food and what you, the choices you're making daily yeah, are gonna affect like your health, affect your mental state and affect just where you go throughout the rest of the day. Yeah. And to put a bow on that too, I think it's important to know that like all of these foods that we eat, um, we're used to not thinking them as, uh, we're used to thinking of them as something that's not as powerful as medicine. Um, mm-hmm. but, uh, it's good to be reminded that all of these medicines that we take, even some of the most advanced pharmaceuticals, they're 
they're made from plants. They're made from flowers. Derived, yeah. They're derived from oils that come from these foods and uh, fruits, and and so that you're really you're really getting them at the source when you eat mm-hmm. them uh, in food, and uh, it's much better for your body to eat them constantly in lower concentrations like they are in food than to just take some pressed uh, pill and, and hope for hope for the max benefits. So it's exactly. hard. It's harder, but it's usually the harder things that pay off um, for whatever reason. Yeah. Yeah. That's again, that's life. You yeah. got to put in a little work, a little work uh, reaps a lot of benefit or a lot, a lot of reward. Right. So now that we're an hour into this, let's talk about strong mind, dude. And I think this is like, I think everything we've been talking about is a perfect introduction to strong mind, but let's start at the basics. Can you tell us what is strong mind and how did it start? Yeah. So strong mind apparel is a company that me and my friend Connor Cox started about a year ago now. Um, so, so not terribly long ago. And the idea behind it, um, is a clothing brand, a lifestyle brand that empowers people to prioritize daily mental health practices um, that help us all to live better lives. So we promote the idea that mental hygiene is just as important as all other forms of hygiene that we practice daily. Um, And so to take a couple steps back, I mentioned my brother earlier in this podcast. He is, uh, I mentioned that he likes art. He does the ceramics. He was in a drawing sketching class and he had a final project. And one of his final projects that he submitted was this graphic of a brain. So it's just like a two dimensional image of a brain that he sketched. And if you look closely, the the squiggles, the wrinkles in the brain or the the gyruses for people that like that term are actually flexing arms. Yeah. And um, I thought that was such a cool visual. And I was asking my brother about it around the time that he submitted the project, which was years before Strongmind. It was in 2017. And he said, he, he, for those of you who don't know my brother, he is a really expert lifter. He's uh, very experienced in like the art of bodybuilding. And that's what he mm. would is an art form. And that one of the hardest things to sculpt is the human body. And so he has a great appreciation for how exercise and nutrition come together to like make this work for him. And he said, when people see my highly trained physique, they think I have such a highly trained body, but really more importantly, and, and foundationally, I have a highly trained mind, a very strong mm. mind. Uh, to be able to do these things. And so does every athlete at the peak of their skill, even you only see the outside, but really what's driving that whole thing is their mind. And I thought it was a super cool idea. And I said to myself, this is a visual and a message that should be promoted under the guise of mental health, like to be mentally strong. And it started kind of as an idea in fitness, like all athletes want to showcase their mind because it's something that you can't see it's inside of you. Mm-hmm. Uh, and and so quickly the idea evolved to like if we can brand this and make this a logo and make this um this idea that i've just taken a couple minutes to explain to you apparent in a visual form like people are going to be empowered to wear the, the clothing and when somebody else sees them wear it and this is the coolest part that i've noticed so far is when somebody else like let's say let's say uh you've got a brother right vince i do so like let's say that like your brother is wearing a strong line shirt and let's say like you've been going through a couple challenges yourself lately and you see him wearing the strong mind shirt and you maybe ask him about it or don't. And you garner from it that uh, he's kind of showcasing that he puts his mental health first or that he at least prioritizes it. Yeah. That gives you permission, a little bit more permission, a little bit. You're empowered a little bit more because the people around you in your life that you care about are saying this is OK. Uh, this is important. 
this is priority. And then it helps make it easier for you to prioritize it. Um, and that is one of the most powerful kind of chain reaction effects that I've noticed is people say to me, I wear my strong, my shirt on my hardest days so that I finish strong, or I wear it when I know I have a really hard workout coming up or that it's game day or that I miss my mom because she's away. And then people see them doing that and they want to do it too. And, um, and I might be getting a little ahead of myself, but one of the main missions of this, like, where does this go? Where's the, where, where's the, uh, you know, where's the rubber meet the road is we want to end the stigma surrounding mental health, or at least play a huge part in it. Uh, the reason that people don't talk about their mental health is because it's kind of taboo. And um, when we were kids, I don't know if this was the same experience for everybody. And this is kind of a, a, a stretch of an analogy, but when we were kids, there would be somebody that would come into our school and they would have, they would maybe be from the dentist, like a dental hygienist, and they would talk about flossing and brushing, and they would show you what happens to an eggshell if you leave it in soda for too long. Did you guys do that one? My, my dad's a dentist, and so it was him. He literally came in and, and did that. Okay, so, okay, perfect, bro. So <laughs> somebody is teaching you about the importance of mental hygiene, and they'll say to you, if you have a cavity, we can come, you come to the dentist and we'll fix it. But by the time you get a cavity, it's kind of already too late. Like you didn't do the preventative hygiene to prevent that decay from happening. Yeah. And they do the same thing for physical health. Uh, we had jump rope for heart come in. Everybody got a jump rope. Everybody got these forms. Whoever jump ropes the most, AKA does the most for their physical health and, and does the good thing for their heart, they get a reward. Mm. And, and we've never had, as far as, as I've experienced and the people that I've talked to, somebody come in and teach the importance of mental health. And, yeah. and, 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 uh, and maintaining like a healthy mind and all the things that come with that, like navigating emotions, especially as a kid, people need to start kind of developing coping skills like that and understanding it's important to do the things that make you feel good. It's important not to get too burned out. And, um, and, and we just, we just saw like a lack thereof. And, um, so we make the clothes, the clothes empower people. Uh, they empower the people that that are around them, um, but we're always looking for ways to reach further than apparel, um, because I think the message is really uh, important, more important right now than ever. And so that's kind of strong mind in a nutshell what it is so far, and and kind of how it got going. That's incredible. That's again, there's there's a lot there that yeah. I kind of want to unpack, yeah. um, <laughs> but. First off, what you're just talking about, about the, I've never thought about it in the sense of what you just mentioned about having someone come in and talk about it to, to children. Cause this is something, like you said, like obviously growing up in the house of, of a dentist, a teeth, tooth health was always just, it's a precedent. It was a precedent for us. Um, just as I would assume for someone, like if you ever have kids, you're going to be talking about mental health, but like. <laughs> Yeah. Why is this not a thing? Why, like, why is it taking this long? And yeah, why, why are we not talking about it? And it's, I've also recently, I've been having this conversation with multiple people in my life about therapy. And I think there's a, there's a stigma behind therapy that you go to a therapist if something's wrong. Like you go there when you had a, you had something trauma, you had something traumatic happen to you. But in reality, like there are many people out there who are just going to therapists just to have a professional to talk to, to have a professional to, to just vent to, because yeah, because after a while, like, I mean, you can all, it's great to have those friends and family there to support you and to talk to them. But after a while, that's like, 
it's it gets to be sometimes too much. I mean, I think we've all experienced when like you're there for someone, but it's also it's and it might sound shitty, but it's not your like job to be there for them 24/7 all the time. Whereas like if you have a therapist who you can go to and be like, "Hey, this is going on." You can talk to them. But with the idea of like the dentist and just thinking like how amazing maybe like how would this world shift if you're supposed to get a cleaning every six months, every year, you're supposed to go into the dentist, get a cleaning. What if every six months or every year you go and you talk to a therapist, just be like, Hey, so that's, and I want to stay with this analogy since your dad's a dentist and you're so familiar with this. So what you were just yeah. saying, um, like with, with the, 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 the lack of importance put on preventative mental health, um, yeah. so apparent when you compare it to this thing, because like you just said, people don't want to go to a therapist or they assume there's no need to go to a therapist unless something's wrong. What if mm-hmm. you only went to the dentist if they had a just a, a, a mind-numbing cavity? Yeah. They do that. They go to the dentist regularly so they don't have to do that. And yeah. it's, this, it's really this – I would challenge people to, um, to, to think that it's, it's really the same logic. You should be going to somebody. And we don't just go to our friend when we have a cavity. They don't know what the hell they're doing. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> somebody who has spent enough time and enough uh, concentrated thought – to, to understand how people end up in the multitude of positions they end up in, what people's predisposition, predispositions are and how yeah. those types of people. And then, you know, yeah. there's a, there's a, a, a very complex world in, in mental illness, you know, which is just really one side of mental or one, one piece of the pie of mental health. And that's when therapists really can bring their expertise in and help people. And that would be like if somebody came into the dentist with some really messed up teeth and they were like, we're going to have to do some crazy orthodontic stuff to get you back on track. But hey, we know how because 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 that's what we spent our life getting good at. And so I I uh, I kind of, you know, dream of what would like you said, what would the world be like if that was the case? And the, it's really, it's really crazy how the only reason there's a stigma is because we don't spend time talking about it. Exactly. Exactly. That's our goal. Yeah, I can imagine that, you know, dentistry would have a stigma if people didn't spend as much time putting that uh, at the forefront. And so, uh, and we're seeing this change. Like, I'm part of this change. You're part of this change. There's so many people out there that are doing really big things uh, on an epic scale to to break down that stigma. And uh, we're probably going to be the generation that, that people, like our children, are going to grow up in a world where um, it's not stigmatized like it is. Mm-hmm. Let's say that, yeah. 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 And I, I a thousand percent agree with you. I'm, I'm seeing it all over the place. People are talking, people are, are sharing their feelings. It's, it's now it's more open to be as a, especially as a man in the world, it's more open to be about your, to be open about your emotions, to cry, to be in public crying, to, to show this stuff. And these are just like the little steps that we need to see every single day because it's, I mean, man, your mental health goes, it, it affects the whole system. You can't get yourself to work out. You can't get yourself to make the right healthy choices for food. You can't, it's, it's a whole process that stems to everything that we've talked about in this episode so far. Yeah. And um, <clears throat> we know so much more about how the mind works now than we did even 50 years ago. Yeah. And we know so much more now about like our social, um, psychology and our history. Like one thing that I always think is fascinating, which I've talked to my dad about plenty is that, um, you know, for the, for the vast majority of our like evolution as a species, we didn't have to keep track of so many different things and so many different relationships and so many different to do's, you know, the average 
like population of a village was not millions of people. You didn't have hundreds of Facebook friends. And a lot of people are familiar with this concept. And uh, as simple of a thing as it is, it's a main driving force to why we have so much anxiety, why we feel so unsettled, because our brains really aren't um, haven't evolved to keep track of so many moving parts and to be a uh, mm pressed by so many social pressures and um and and then in like to couple that uh hundreds of years ago or thousands of years ago your physicality got a lot of things done you had to be able to move and to be able to lift and to be able to navigate the world around you to survive now that's not as important as it once was um really we live and die by our relationships. We live and die by our ability to communicate. We live and die by our ability to negotiate or advocate for a cause. And, um, and, uh, it's not so much like the strongest person. It's, it's the most mentally healthy or the wittiest or what have you. And so more and more emphasis is on how well can we make this mind work? That's already kind of out of its league. I would, I would, I would, uh, I would make the argument. And so, like people might ask themselves, why is this so fucking important? And why has this become such a high priority? And I would say those reasons are some really main reasons. Like your mental health is cornerstone uh, to all the other, like what you just said, to all the other things that you're going to do. You're not going to be able to have healthy relationships or even have a healthy body, uh, let alone get anywhere worthwhile in life, which is very hard to do no matter what it is you're striving for without some mental health, um, without being centered. Um, and, you know, Again, just to finish, thousands of years ago when we did only a few things in a day and we were very, very close with the people in our family and we spent the morning watching the sunrise and the night pondering the expanse of the universe looking at the stars, it was a little bit easier to stay grounded. Yeah. I think what you said there that kind of jumped out at me was comparing it to thousands of years ago where the people that you had in your life were the people legitimately around you, like physically around you. Mm-hmm. Now I have friends. I mean, we have this technology shit. You would, we would not be able to have this conversation. Like you are in Iowa. I'm in, uh, I'm in Minnesota. I mean, it would take us a lot to go and have this conversation. Mm-hmm. And so to, there's an expectation one in, and I, cause I, I'm, I'm speaking about this cause I, I've experienced this and especially recently where I have these relationships with people who are in different states because I'm from Chicago, went to school in Iowa and I live in Minnesota. So I kind of have the Midwest. I'm all over the place Mm. and I try to maintain these relationships with everybody. And it's because it's important for me. I, I, these people, I love these people. They I care about them. And when you don't all of a sudden get that reciprocated feeling, it's like the, like you said, that anxiety, but like now every time I move to a new place, I'm adding more people into that tribe per se of who I want to, I'm expanding the, that, that group that I want to stay in touch with. And it's, and like you said, I don't know if we're evolved to be this connected and yet we have more connectability than ever. Yeah. Right. Yeah. It's a, it's a, it's just it's a very multifaceted topic because like you were saying so many so many goods have come out of of being coming more connected and uh, and like with connection being so important the people that don't have as much of it or don't have access to it in a traditional way these technologies allow for so much to happen one of the uh, so we donate 18% of our profits to the National Alliance on Mental Illness and that mm. acronym is commonly referred to as NAMI 
So we, we're partnered with NAMI. And the branch that we like to give to a lot right now is the Greater Des Moines NAMI branch because a uh, vast majority of our customers have been local. And we've done some events where literally the net proceeds go to the Greater Des Moines NAMI because it was a local event. And they're so great about understanding the needs of the people. And what happened during COVID is a lot of people that need mental health services, whether it's therapy or whether it's access to medication, they weren't going or they weren't able to go because of things that were going on with COVID. And this group of people at NAMI who, they're all working there because they're passionate about this cause, which is so amazing to me. They worked so diligently to put together webinars and virtual resources for people who need mental health care. So it was like, hey, I know you guys are used to coming downtown or you know, you're used to popping into your outpatient clinic or going to the wherever your uh, therapist's office is. We're going to bring all that to your laptop. Mm. That was so cool. I think that's yeah. so many people. We felt so good that we donated uh, during a time when our uh, donation was going to be going to something like that. And so, yeah, I mean, to your point, that connectedness uh, helps a lot of people, but it is a fine line between overextending yourself. And I, I, I uh, don't want to make an assumption about you, but I know that I'm a, uh, somewhat of like a people pleaser. And I, I would say that's a good thing. Like I have a lot to give and I want to, mm-hmm. I want people to have a good experience when they're with me. I want to be helpful when I can. And that personality type kind of lends itself to feeling a little anxious because, um, just because it does, it does. Cause you get yourself involved with so many different people. And like you said, you're looking for feedback. And I think that's something that's very common, very common with, with people, especially our age. Yeah. Yeah. It's, ex- I mean, you're not wrong by stereotyping me. I'm, I'm very much a, a people pleaser like that. And it's, yeah, I've, I've over the years, I've found those boundaries. Um, cause that's the, the one good thing about moving out by myself and, literally living in a new place by myself where I knew nobody is I got to know myself really well. And so I got to understand my boundaries with, with people and I got to understand that stuff. So that's, so that's been a a blessing for me. And now I know when I'm overextending myself and I need to reel myself back in, get back to my basics of getting back into my routines, working out, getting my mental health back. And then I can go out and be, be that for people. Um, Mm -hmm. So I think that's so important. Yeah. That's so important. Just, to recognize when you're down, maybe down a path that's like, uh oh, red flags going off, reel yourself back in. But you're not going to know that unless you know yourself. And so take the time, get to know yourself really well, so that you you're quicker to respond. Like literally, there's day I I'll go like a day and I'll be like, yesterday was off, and like I'll like reflect and be like, yeah, I was way overextending myself. So like, okay, let's wake up early tomorrow. Let's just yeah, like I said, yeah, do my uh, things. I like you bringing that up because one thing that I tell people that that works for me, uh, you know, it's not like I'm classically trained uh, to help anybody really. But one thing that works for me is uh, like that process of self-evaluation. You know, you know, you're mad. Why don't you just take a second and ask yourself, why am I so mad? Why am I pissed off? Why am I perturbed? Is it because because of this thing? Well, if if you think it might be, it probably is. Like your subconscious kind of knows more than you uh, really allow it to make known to you. And um, I think that that is such a good practice because you can say to yourself, you know what, I'm pissed off that this thing didn't go how it was planned. And I guess that's what it is. And what am I going to do about it? And you kind of just get full circle and you feel a whole hell of a lot better. I mean, it doesn't always work. It depends on the problem, you know, but Mm -hmm. sure, dude. And uh, one thing I was going to tell you is going back to wanting to reach further than apparel and kind of bringing tea back into this is I'm always like, what are, what are like catalysts? 
to this feeling of wellness and this feeling of peace? Like what are mm. actionable things that people do or could do that would improve their daily mental health? Because again, we're talking about really simple things uh, like mm-hmm. yourself and knowing what makes you feel good and then just respecting yourself enough to do those things. That's what we're talking about. Vast difference in the way that you live your life if you just can execute on a few of those things. And one of them that keeps coming back up for me is tea. Mm. And so I'm, I'm working on, not to get too ahead of myself with new release stuff for Strongline, but I'm working on, like, I want there to be a package or at least some, some totally free add-ons to where when you buy something from Strongline, in the package comes some tea maybe a candle or a prayer candle, maybe a journal or like, Amazing. you know, and then you get this stuff and you're like, along with this, which is, which reminds me what I'm, what I'm focused on right now. I'm going to take these extra steps. Maybe, maybe a strong mind challenge comes in there. So I don't know what the strong mm. challenge would be, you know, um, but some of these little aids, and I think tea is such a great aid for all the reasons that we talked about for the last hour and a half. Um, um, to a great aid to your mental health and to just, doing something for your well-being. So uh, look out for that. And we'll probably we'll probably talk again before before that goes down. But um, dude, yeah. No, that's that's exciting. That's exciting for me because uh, one, you're able to connect now. Again, like life is so multifaceted. And so by you doing something like that, you're allowing people to expand like, yeah, it's, it's like a, it's just becomes more than just an apparel brand. It becomes truly a lifestyle brand and it's going to become just something that, yeah, that like, I don't know. I think that that's just, I really like it. <laughs> Basically long story short, I really like that. I think it's going to, I think that's going to be a great addition and people are going to really gravitate towards that yeah and to people out there listening that uh have an entrepreneurial idea or an entrepreneurial venture that they're maybe involved in right now i would say one of the one of the things that i've had to contemplate the most with this project in particular is um i think there's a spectrum with entrepreneurs where like on one side of the spectrum it's the product it's the profit it's the branding it's the marketing it's running the business and then the other side, you have like this artist in you that's like only cares about what people are going to feel when they touch it or when they use it. And uh, is it upholding like this idea, this artistic idea that I that is so important for the customer? And so you've got like the artist that cares nothing about the profit and you've got the profiteer that cares nothing about the art. And um, sometimes you have people in different positions on the team. And sometimes you are all of those people at once if you're a one-man band. And, uh, and what a challenge it is to run a business, to be profitable, to constantly have a product, to have good customer service, to have good distribution. But the whole time that you're focused on that, never compromise um, like the value that the customer gets in, their, in the product or the service that you're delivering. And for me with this project, I've had to almost completely abandon the side of me that wants to just run this business and make money. And, uh, and, uh, and, you know, we, we are profitable. We have to be profitable or we can't be open, but constantly thinking about what can we do that's going to help these people that we've decided we want to help. Um, that is kind of like the only thing that you can do, especially if you're in a, especially if you're delivering a product like ours, where, um, you're trying to improve somebody's health or their mental health. You really have to let go of the side of you that is worried about the money. And you have to say, I'll make all the money that I need to make to be able to keep doing this thing that I like to do. Cause you shouldn't do it if you don't like it. 
um, mm-hmm. as long as I'm thinking about who, what I'm delivering to these people. And like, you know, it goes, it, it, it uh, kind of goes hand in hand with the podcast. It's like, uh, to have a podcast, I'm worried about all kinds of metrics of success and all kinds of logistics of equipment and things that I need uh, or 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 want. And um, and really, the best podcasts are the people that are just out here uh, hoping to connect, like what you're doing. You know, hoping to connect with people on something that they love and just focused on that. I think that's how you grow. Yeah, you have a true. I mean, sticking on the podcast, if you have a true, authentic conversation with people. It's going to come. It's going to come naturally. And actually, it reminds me, I just saw a quote, and I want to say it was actually from Dwayne The Rock Johnson. Okay. Um, but it was something along the lines of basically invest rather than investing in like the new trend or like invest in lifestyle and like healthy habits. And, and like he was actually talking about like literal investments with yeah. money. Yeah. 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 Like literally invest in what's going to make people healthier, happier. And he's like, the money will just come. And I, and I couldn't agree more. It's yeah. It's when you're investing in people's lifestyles, especially like that, something like this, that is, is just meaningful. It's powerful. It's authentic. People will feel the, the love that you're exuding through the products that you're exuding through a conversation that you get to have with someone with a potential customer it's they're going to feel it and they're going to want in on it and the metrics will come. And that's, and that's something like I'm kind of a metrics guy. So like with this podcast, I see, like I check it a lot and like, but at the same time, I love like these conversations I love having. And so that's what keeps me going is like, it doesn't matter if like 10, 20, 30, 500 people listen. I don't like, I'm going to keep doing this. Right, dude. Yeah, totally. And uh, on that Lewis Howes podcast, which I listen to regularly, you guys should check that one out too. Um, There's a guy on there that talks about how we need to redefine what it means to be a millionaire and to be a billionaire. Um, Mm -hmm. Because like he goes into all the technicals about how the value of our currencies and fiat currencies across the world are changing. But really what he talks about is how the new billionaire is a person who has affected positively a billion lives not somebody who mm-hmm. has a million dollars. And I love that idea. And if people who are entrepreneurs were thinking in terms of that, they'd have gobs and gobs of money, you know, like the money would just come. Yeah. Um, and so that I think for both of us, man, that's what we have to th- be thinking about. Uh, you know, yeah. Yeah, go ahead. Have some. Uh, yeah, so I actually literally last night, uh, a friend of mine shared something on Facebook. It was about um, what it, it was like titled, what's the perfect salary? And it was a video and you go through and like it asks, it starts with people like asking like, what's your perfect salary? Some people like are saying like $70,000. Some people are saying 150, 300, a million dollars. Like that goes. <laughs> yeah. yeah. <laughs> and so, and then they went, they like took a step back. They're like, there's actually some amazing science that when you hit the number $70,000, like, and they're like, yeah, it ranges. But like in the United States of America, like if you hit 70,000 and people ask like, oh, LA 70,000 versus Iowa 70,000, it's different, yeah. obviously. But they're like, it's not it's not drastically different. It's off by a couple a couple $10,000 maybe. So about 70,000 being the, the median, when you hit that, you see happiness plateau because everything before that, you're worried about, can I afford a roof over my head? Can I afford food for my table? Can I afford clothing? Can I afford all these necessities? Right. 
And then once you hit that that seventy thousand, and that's going to change as years go on. But like once you hit that that mark, it's now okay. I want a little more. I want a little more because if I get a little more, I can upgrade my car. Or if I get a little more, I can buy a bigger house. If I get a little more, I can do that. And they're like, go off to my neighbors just a little bit more. <laughs> and, and they talked about like the, the keeping up with the Joneses. Like you want to compare yourself to, and they're like, this is a, a, a problem that we're trying to, to help minimize where basically you hit, yes, you need money to live. Like we know that. So everybody wants to feel secure. We know yeah, that. to feel exactly like you need that. You need to survive. Mm-hmm. So get that survival. But now let's change that mindset. And like there was a guy and they brought on a CEO and I'm forgetting what company it was, but it was, nah, I forget what company it was. Um, and he was making like on average, like a $1.2 million a year or something like that. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. And he, during COVID, like everybody had to take a pay cut, like in order to keep the company afloat. But what he did is he actually dropped his salary to $70,000. He dropped his salary to $70,000 split across and brought everybody. The minimum wage in the company was $70,000. Whether you were a factory worker, whether you were like, he's like, that was the minimum wage. That was basically like the wage. And he was, and he like went into detail. He's like, I mean, so being a millionaire, he had like multiple homes. He's like, I would have multiple homes. I actually sold them. It's like, and he's like, I sold the, I sold multiple. So now I have my one home. I used to have a personal assistant. Now I, I don't have that personal assistant anymore for leisure. I would get a helicopter that would fly me to the top of a mountain and I would snowboard down the mountain. He's like, now I hike up the mountain. He's like, it takes multiple days, Mm -hmm. but I still get to do it on my $70,000 um, salary and it's so much more rewarding. Yeah. And amazing. so he, amazing. yeah, That's yeah, it's, it's just, and you know, going back to keeping up with the Joneses, like we're so competitive and everyone mm-hmm. wants to compete with one another and the, in the measurement of success right now in this example, and in most cases is this money, but, but like, what if we were trying to keep up with the Joneses and we were competing to see how many po- lives we could affect positively? Right. Well, yeah. that'd be so cool. Like, man, that guy's affected a million people's lives positively. I know there's something that I could do to benefit society, to serve the people around me. And I, I want to affect more people than him. I'm okay with mm-hmm. that level of competition. <laughs> yeah, that's amazing. And um, also, you know, with you were talking about with earnings and stuff and it being plateaued, um, I'm really interested in just the idea of saving and not spending money on things that you don't need because I've done plenty of it. So like I was just telling Sheldon, my girlfriend at the beginning of February, I'm just going to try this month just not to do that. Just don't spend anything I don't need because I've seen older people in my lives that have a lot of money now, but uh, like if they had $500, they'd spend 400 and maybe if they had a thousand, they'd spend 1100. And so it's like, well, dude, you could have a hundred million dollars. You're going to spend $101 million. Mm-hmm. And, um, so if you don't have those healthy habits in place, which those habits parallel with the same habits of being healthy, healthy mentally, same habits of being healthy physically, having dental health. If you don't have the habits in place, you could have an amazing amount of luck or a really great windfall, and you probably won't have the skills to be able to uh, maintain it. Yeah. And so, yeah, that's if they're all these are all worthwhile things that we all have plenty of time in our lives to to get better at that I think are just going to allow us to be so much happier. Yeah, I completely agree with you. And so, actually, I have a question about um, 
just given with COVID and everything, what do you think one in regards to the mental health, you kind of were talking a little bit about it um, with NAMI, but I think that there was a big hit with mental health taken almost literally a year ago when everything kind of shut down. Um, so one, I guess, what do you think moving forward? How how has like this past year, 2020, kind of affected mental health moving forward? And two, how do you see us, and I say us just literally as a as a whole race of everybody listening to this, you and me, um, how do you see like we can help those around us and like help do kind of what you're talking about? Yeah, those are, those are great questions. And um, uh, off the cuff, I think uh, some of the things I would say to that are uh, COVID definitely affected everybody's mental health for really, again, very basic reasons. You, you're constantly being bombarded with the idea that there is no such thing as certainty anymore. Certainty of the security of your health, the security of your finances. Um, people are parents' age. They were, for the last year, and most of them still are, living in constant fear that their retirement and their investments, which they're depending upon to have a, have a retirement, which they've been working for for decades, that that hangs in the balance. Really hard to feel good about Waking up in the morning, whatever you're eating yeah. lunch, you know, uh, your kid's birthday, even if you're constantly living in fear. And then you have um, like these these social uh, layers that like that. And, and, and some of it is very real and some of it is um, a hyperbole, as it's reported by the news on either on either side of the aisle. And, and we start to get increasingly scared about the decay of our society socially and the decay of our economy and then the finances and. And um, so well, I guess what I'm saying is I don't blame anybody that that took a huge toll on everybody's ability to, you know, um, live in peace. And mm-hmm. now what we can do about that, um, <clears throat> I've been telling people that uh, if you have conversations with your neighbors, you're going to find that you guys have a lot more in common than you think. Even if e- even if seemingly the people you've supported are, are, are completely night and day difference. You're going to find if you have conversations with people and you, and you come from a place of love, everybody really wants a lot of the same things. Some people agree. Some people disagree on the way to get there. And, and to me, that's fine. That's just all part of, part of a, a great conversation, but people are fundamentally good and they want, they all want peace and they all want, they all want happiness. And most people understand that if everyone around them isn't happy, that they won't be happy either. And so uh, what I've been telling people is have those conversations and be be reassured by the fact that the people around you want the best for you and go go find that out for yourself from these conversations. And um, and then no matter what we we're facing on the news or no matter what we're facing in the economy, I think it's a really comforting feeling to know that. Um, and that's one thing I would say, man. I mean, what what do you think? I no, I agree, and I think what you talked about with the neighbors is such an important thing because you get on, on social media, you get, you watch the news and the world is terrifying. I mean, it's been, I think something that I don't think this is a new thing for like 2021, 2020, but it's, everything that's reported is terrifying and everyone's out to get you. The air is out to get you because it's full of COVID. Like everything's just like, everything's scary. And but when you 
again, I, I've been saying this now for this whole week. I've been co- saying this phrase, coming back to the basics. When you when you bring it back to the basics and literally go meet your neighbors. And I'm saying go knock on the door, ring a doorbell, and meet your neighbors. You will see life is pretty beautiful. Like there is so much beauty. I was outside. We got snow. This was back in December, early January. Yeah, early January. I was outside shoveling my sidewalk and I waited a long time and it got super icy. And I, I have a cheap, like $14 plastic, mm-hmm. plastic shovels. So I was out there for hour, like literally at least an hour. And I got maybe a quarter of the way done. And I'm like, oh, like this is, I'm, this is the rest of my day. Like this sucks. And my neighbor walks by. And he's like walking his dog. He's like, he's just a, he's an older guy. And he's like, he's like, you need to get a steel, a steel um, shovel. And I'm like, yeah, I, I really do. I'm like, I, I might have to go get one like right now. Cause I'm, I'm going to be out here for another 10 hours, I think. And he's like, he's like, yep. He's like, he's like, I highly recommend you go invest in one. He's like, they're only like 30 bucks. I'm like, okay, like, thanks. And yep. whatever, have a good day. And so whatever, I keep going, I keep going. And then like five minutes later, he comes back with his steel shovel and he's like, let me help. And just, he busts through the whole sidewalk in, in 15 minutes we're done. And I'm like, shit, like Dan, like, thank you, man. Like you don't realize like you just saved me another like five hours of work like this. I would have been, I was like, my back was hurting just cause I was like getting really into it. And I'm like. Oh man, but like great example, man. That's a great story. Yeah, it's very simple little things like that, and then you feel a little bit more camaraderie. And then when you turn on the news and you hear about everything that's going wrong, and some of it's true, no doubt. Um, yeah, it makes you feel a little bit better. And uh, I think I think that's one of the things that um, everybody can do for sure. And yeah. the thing too that I'll add to that is um, we all want to mitig- minimize our risk uh, to get sick or, God forbid, to to die. And so um, it's important that we do everything that we can within reason to, yes. uh, to, and the reason I say within reason is because um, something that I think really helps with people's mental health, ironically, is to remember that we're all going to die. We, we <laughs> all are going to die. We all are yes. mortal people. And so there's this, every day that you step out of the house, quite literally, before COVID ever existed, there was millions, literally millions of ways to die. And, and I've had classmates of mine in perfect health, uh, as sad as it is, literally have an aneurysm as a perfectly healthy young 20 year old person at the gym dead in the afternoon. And, um, and, and, and tragedies befall people in all kinds of ways. And so I guess my point is that as real as the dangers are of COVID or any other viral or infectious disease or accident, as real as the dangers are of driving on the road, um, it's worthwhile to go out and face those dangers to bump up against death and to live a life worth living despite that. And so COVID might go away. It might not. And there will definitely be other dangers that mm, arise in our lifetime in the next hundred years, but we cannot become paralyzed in the face of that. We, we use the resources that we have and we use our best judgment to minimize those risks but we can't stop living our lives. And that's something else I tell people all the time. Dude. Yes. Yeah. That's, that's such a, that's such a truth. And I, I mean, shit, that's, that's literally what started my tea journey. Um, back in 2019, I was having, I had like a really shitty end of the year in 2019. And one of the keystones of 
it being so shitty was a buddy of mine, 25 years old, died. Just literally, he granted he had some health issues, but he died. And at 25 years old, like it was a complete shock, like for us all. And I was like, literally, like me. And so he, we had the funeral up here in Minneapolis, and I had a couple of buddies from college. They came up and stayed with me so that we could all go to the funeral. And we were just sitting there talking about, like, what is life? Like, what are we doing? Are we happy with what we're doing? We're all in corporate jobs. Like, we're, we kind of have, like, these aspirations of doing something else. And so I, at that point, I was like, I literally need to do so. I need to do something. I need to act. I need to act now. And so it's what kickstarted Fresh Steeps, what kickstarted the Team Eagles podcast like later. And I mean, it's, I'm, I'm extremely grateful for, for his very, very unfortunate reminder, but like that we are all dying. Like we are literally, I could die today and I, but what it's like, okay, if I died today, would I be happy with what I've accomplished up to this point? And like, I feel like I could say, yeah, like I have taken these steps and, and gotten that out there. Have there been regrets? Yeah. And most of those regrets are because I haven't done things because I haven't attacked the day or like taken that chance and done whatever. Yeah, dude, that's a, you know, I commend you for being able to basically uh, internalize that and say from this, you know, really sad thing, what can we do about it? Um, And that's, that's, that's about all that you can do is try to like live your best life for these people that are no longer here. One thing that also kind of, uh, it's interesting to think about for me is that there's by a multitude of, I don't know how many more dead people than there are alive. Like a vast majority of the people that have ever walked the earth are gone. Yep. And, uh, so it's like, kind of like, man, dude, what are you going to do with your little blip that you get? Because <laughs> right? you might as well just, you might as well shoot for the moon. Like Elon Musk always says, wherever you want to be in 10 years, try to get there in six months. You probably, mm-hmm. will, but you'll be a lot further along than you would be if you would have just except for the fact it would take 10 years. And I feel like that about our time here. Shit. I like that. <laughs> I like that a lot. That's a, it's a good reminder. Yeah. And I, I also was going to share with you too, and I, I'm sure our time's getting a little short, but I've got this little, uh, I've got this little thing that I keep handy right here. It's kind of an infograph and maybe you've mm-hmm. seen it before, but it's the top five regrets of the dying. Mm-hmm. And uh, they are really quickly that I wish I had the courage to live a life true to myself, yeah. not the life others expected of me, which I think is very highly related to, to mental health and kind of the social pressures that we talked about. The second one is I wish I hadn't worked so hard, <laughs> which is interesting. I think really what most people mean by that um, is work so hard at things they weren't passionate about, like what you just yeah. said, your corporate job. And, and all these other people that, that may do that. And I'm working a very traditional job, traditional job during the day too. So I read mm-hmm. that. Experience. Third is I wish I had the courage to tell, to express my feelings. Yeah. So, you know, emotional intelligence and having developed coping skills and being able to articulate all these things that we feel. And then fourth is I wish I had stayed in touch with my friends, mm-hmm. uh, which I think is really interesting and just speaks to what a great number of people there were that didn't reach out when maybe they felt like they should have. And it's really easy to get sideways with people. I've gotten sideways with some of my best friends. And if you just don't make the effort to get past that awkwardness, it's going to stay that way, which is crazy. And then lastly, the fifth one is I wish I had let myself be happier. Mm. Again, like a very mental health focused 
thing. And those are the top five regrets of the dying. And so, uh, you know, you can listen to those again and, 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 and I will too. And I guess if we just kind of keep those in mind, we'll, we're probably doing all right. Right. Yeah. I completely agree. And I think that's a really nice message to, uh, to close out this, this show. Mm-hmm. So thank you, Andrew. But I guess before you go, where, I guess one, do you have anything else to add or, or anything else that you want to want to share? Otherwise, tell us where we can, where people can find you, like what your website is and everything. Yeah, well, I appreciate you for having me on. I appreciate you doing Fresh Steeps. I think this is so cool. And um, I definitely want to come on here again. We should stay in touch on the podcast. 100%. See how, we'll see how each other's 2021 is progressing. Yes, um, yes. But uh, where people can find me, uh, I don't have a lot of social media personally. So please, everybody go follow Strong Mind Apparel on Instagram. We post uh, motivational uh, messages weekly. We post all kinds of cool pictures of, of the people in our community and the fun things that they're doing in their Strong Mind Apparel. So it, I, I hope you guys will enjoy following that. And you can follow us on Facebook under Strong Mind Apparel too. Um, and, and, that, and that's where I would encourage people to stay in touch, man. That's kind of how they can see what we're doing. Hell yeah. yeah. Well, everyone, you heard it here. Go follow Strong Mind. Um, check it out kick-ass brand run by some kick-ass people go take some time for yourself today go enjoy a cup of tea go meditate go work out go get after the day Mm -hmm. so love you all and uh andrew thank you again so much dude thank you so much bro i'm sure i'll talk to you soon and until next time amen peace see ya thank you again to andrew brown and the strong mind apparel team Remember to check them out on Instagram and Facebook, as well as their website, strongmindapparel.com. And remember, if you like the show, give us a shout, uh, give us some reviews. We really appreciate any and all uh, reviews and love. And remember to check out freshsteeps.com for any blog posts about tea. And so to the end today's podcast, we're going to do, do the Urban Dictionary Tea Word of the Day. And today's word is green tea. Green tea, an Asian variety of tea named for its green color. Amazingly, this tea is mind-blowingly healthy in about every aspect, even fights cancer. Okay, it's a pretty good one, you know? That's straight to the point. Number two, green tea, gay slang for any tea accidentally spilled or spilled to the wrong person. Used by the LGBTQ community as an alternative way to say that someone has spilled the beans to the wrong person or at the wrong time. Mm. Number three, green tea, a drink that gets you pumped. Now this is in reference, I believe to hot rod where it says Rico, I'm freaking pumped. I've been drinking green tea all goddamn day. Number four, green tea. Green tea is the new aloe. I didn't know aloe went out of style. Green tea took its place. Green tea is the new aloe. Green tea can cure cancer, lupus, shingles, and hemorrhoids. Shit. It's a pretty good track record. Number five, green tea, a drink made from the plant species Camellia sinensis. It is more oxidized than white tea, but less oxidized than oolong and black tea. Very true. Thank you, Phil. And number six, green tea. When you spill the tea over text, but iMessage isn't working and you have to send it as texts Uh uh-oh green bubbles pathetic well thank you again and you have a beautiful day 